Hey everyone, welcome to Junior Firefighting with Tyler Turco and Felix Riker. And in this episode, we're going to discuss what 9-11 means to us as firefighters. And then later, we will be doing an open discussion off of the Quora Digest blog page. So without further ado, I'd like to have Felix start this podcast. Well, uh, first off, you know, I want to uh, start by saying, you know, um, thank you to all who uh, um, serves our country. Um, obviously, after uh, se- September 11th uh, terrorist attacks, they sacrificed everything, um, much like our 343 brothers did. And uh, I want to say thank you to them. Uh, but, you know, most importantly, I'd like to uh, take a moment of silence for everybody we lost on uh, September 11th. Okay, um, so uh, first off, I'm gonna wanna hand this back over to Tyler because I mean, you did you did something awesome. Um, I've never actually done a stair climb, so uh, you go ahead and tell me how how it was. All right, so as I kind of laid out yesterday when I did my short little podcast bonus episode, I pretty much did like an update every quarter or every half, I can't remember which one it was, of the stair climb, but nearing about 40 uh, stories high on the stepper machine I started to realize I was getting tired and winded and that was an eye-opener for me because I really did not know how it was going to be I didn't know what to expect and um, it was an eye-open experience because when I hit the 110th story I was exhausted, I was sweaty, my mental awareness was, I was just all over the place and it was a really unique experience and it opened up so many doors and possibilities in my mind to what I am now capable of compared to before, so that's pretty much what I can say about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you were talking about, you know, how you were tired and winded, you know, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, not to, you know, drop names of, you know, the firefighters, but, you know, Oriole Palmer, you know, he was, I mean, practically running up the stairs, you know, and that, it, it just, it humbles you to think about, you know, how all of our brothers, you know, the drilling was going so hard that they probably, you know, they, they were winded, but they just, you know, let's go, let's go, let's go, you know, and it's, you know, there's a picture floating around Facebook, I'm pretty sure you've seen it, um, it has a chief looking up at the towers, and, you know, I, I love that picture. You know, I, I hate, you know, how, you know, what that represents, if you want to say that, because it represents death and destruction. But it's a beautiful thing at the same time because it shows our commitment to what we do. You know, um, you know, all those guys looked up, you know, to those towers and saw these big giant holes with, you know, smoke flying out of it, pouring out of it. And they were like, you know what, you know, we got a job to do. Let's go do it. And they knew it was going to be dangerous, and they did it anyway. And, you know, I mean, I nobody will ever replace those brothers that died that day. I mean, that took a tremendous amount of courage that, you know, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't have, you know. And, you know, like I said, just hats off to them, you know. And I'd like to add as well that around story 55, I had to take a break now most 
most of the crews inside probably didn't take a break but I had to and when I did I was approached by a couple people who thanked me for what I'm doing and how you know how that affected them that day and I had a guy which really made my day he came over and he prayed with me and my brother who was doing it with me and we we prayed and that really touched me because any more human interaction is not not really positive and that's what I strive for I, I like positivity and when I I praying with this guy or talking to these other people I uh, I just felt this overwhelming sense of just you know thankfulness and appreciation and I really like that because you don't see positivity in life anymore to be honest in general and when people are out there you know just doing good like I was doing something that was you know representing 343 brothers and sisters and people knew what that meant to me and they said about what it meant to them it was just overwhelmingly positive to say the least and it was just an amazing experience overall which makes me think what does 9-11 mean to me as a firefighter and what it means to me is my department is in an area near flight 93 and when i read back on flight 93 on the world trade centers on the pentagon it makes me think when those guys responded they didn't know what they were getting into they didn't know what was going to happen if they were going to make it home and unfortunately some didn't people got ready for work that morning people you know it really they didn't know what was going to happen either and that's life and as a firefighter i like to think about that as we don't know what's going to happen so every time we roll out that door try to make something positive out of it no matter the outcome of the call or any situation we're approached in life just you know take make something positive out of it even if it's a negative situation because we don't know how much time we have on this earth and that's what it means to me as a firefighter every time we roll out that door i i have in the back of my mind even though i'm a junior firefighter i might not make it back home we could be in a wreck inside the inside the truck we could be you know, hit with a structure collapse or something like that, a hazmat call, and we might not make it back home no matter our rank or position in the fire station. And that's what 9-11 means to me. So, Felix, I'd like some feedback from you. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit it um, around the head, brother. I mean, I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, you know, 9-11 to me has always been, since, you know, since I grew up in a very, you know, in a fired military family <clears throat> you know it every september 11th felt it, it, it's it's a different meaning like everyone will be like oh why are you down and then unfortunately i have to remind them of what today is you know and, and, and i that that bothers me honestly that i have to remind people because they forgot you know <laughs> in washington we had a bunch of people you know lock arms they will never forget people are forgetting and it's sad you know, because you think about the sacrifices made by our brothers, you know, and, you know, I, I, I just, I get angry, you know, when, 
people don't pause and remember it. You know, and you know, I, I just, I don't know. It, it just, it's a feeling like that particular day when I wake up. You know, it's I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like oh I'm you know I, I I'm crippled by depression no, but it's like it's morning but yet it's you know you you want to listen to some bagpipes you know you 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 want to do a toast to the brothers you know you want to celebrate the life of them you know and that's what we actually I had the privilege of being at a ceremony at a local department and um, it was absolutely beautiful we had the uh, ladder. Um, up and we actually had a pretty big uh, flag hanging from it. We folded it correctly and we did a was it called Twenty One Gun Salute? Yeah, yeah, we did that. And it, the the <clears throat> the part that really choked me up was um, that particular day. Instead of you know, usually we go up and shake hands with veterans. The veterans asked us to stand in line and they shake our hand. And that that was. Um, and that was a humbling experience because, you know, you, you grow up, you know, being used to, yeah, you know, we, you know, we celebrate our veterans, this and that, but our, you know, our veterans were thanking us, you know, for, you know, putting our lives on the line. And that, you know, that, that meant so much to me, like all these years leading up to this event, you know, because this was the first 9-11 event that I actually participated in as a fire. And... It just, it, it was unreal. Like, I felt like, you know, I, I was like, man, you know, it, it, it's a, it was like I was looking in the mirror and I was able to, you know, I was like able to comprehend basically what I was doing for the first time. So that's pretty much, you know, to put a cap on my particular experience, it means more and more to me. Uh, it means so much more than now that I'm in the fire service than it has before. Not saying it never did, but the realism of it really grabbed me when uh, that happened uh, last night. So, yeah. And what I'd like to add to that is people always expect firefighters to be, you know, tough, never showing any form of, you know, weakness, sadness, stuff like that. But when I was on the stepper machine at the 109th story, surrounded by the entire gym staff, people who were watching over, you know, my parents, my brother, it, when I hit the 110th floor, I, I will not, not hide it. I had a tear in my eye because it just made me think of the, you know, the connection that that one event had on all those people involved. Like, 9-11 was not a small event. It, it, it affected everybody. It did. And, some and you know, not to cut you off, Tyler, by any means, but, you know, the thing about 9-11 is, you know, something I would like to personally do now is let's not forget about the the, the everyday civilians, the, the civilians that perished that day. Because a lot of times, you know, we talk about the 343, we talk about the police officers, the EMTs, um, but we don't talk about the civilians. And, you know, I, I, uh, I generally, you know, I, I feel so sorry, you know, for all the civilians that were lost that day. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there too, because that's something that I don't think is talked about enough is just basic civilian life that was lost. But the thing that needs to be looked at too is the FDNY made the greatest rescue in fire department history. So that needs to be talked about as well. I have a few buddies on the FDNY that tell me that every September 11th, they're like, 
the thing we like to think about is, yeah, it was a bad day. We lost a lot of brothers, but those brothers made the biggest rescue in fire department history. So, go on. Sorry for uh, interrupting you there, Tyler. Well, all I really had to say was that the experience was, it was something you have to do yourself to know. Exactly. I plan on doing it next year at Lucas Oil Stadium, actually, at the IC. And it was, you know, it wasn't like I just went normal street clothes. I was in my station gear, plus turnout gear, you know, no hoods, helmets, gloves, SCBA, you know, all stuff that I, I collected for that. Because I wanted to, if I was doing it, I wasn't half-assing it. I was doing it the full way through, and I was seeing it through. We, we might not, as humans, think. Sometimes we get tired, sometimes we get exhausted, we think we can't do this, but we can do it. And I had to dig really deep to finish out all the stairs, all the stories, but I did, and I felt amazing when I was done. You know, no matter the pain, no matter how tired I was, sweating, crying, it, I felt great, I really did, and I'd love to do it again. I'm definitely doing it next year. and. Without, you know, without trying to put a cap on this segment of the podcast, but that's really all I got for what 9-11 means to me is that no matter the situation, positive or negative, we as humans will find some way of getting through it and remembering, you know, the ones we lost on the way, which I hope you'd agree with me there, Felix. I do. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Um... You know, there's um, you're saying Patty Brown said it. Um, this is three truck. We're still heading up, and I don't. I've seen that on a few T-shirts. Um, and I I actually purchased one recently, and you know I I I love that saying because that was the that was the last radio transmission for Tower Collapse before I think first Tower. Yeah, and. The, the thing about that that just grabs me is just the fact that you know he called on the, the, the radios weren't working they were down because we you know what we all know how radios work I could literally be I, I could be right next to you with a, with a portable and it doesn't work sometimes they, their radios weren't working Patty Brown decided to take a phone an actual phone and I believe he called dispatch and he to let them know where he was and I don't remember what floor, but all I remember is here in this three truck and we're still heading up. Um, I, I highly suggest go listen to that because it just, it's humbling. You know, it's very humbling. I mean, there's a lot of different, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things in the radio traffic that day that, you know, just hits a lot different, you know, and, you know, they're, the, the realism of it and the seriousness and their tones and stuff was just, insane like i mean um <clears throat> when you hear the initial reports to you know the very last you know they were fighting all along they, they had the we can do it let's get it done attitude and i think that's what you know we need to reinstill and now in today's generation is that kind of attitude you know and the way to remember these fellows is not not to sit around and you know uh, <clears throat> all year and you know cry the way we remember these fellas is to try to become the best fireman we can be. And 
always remember them. You know, in my firehouse, we have a flag of the 343 hanging. You know, and I also, on the table I built, you know, I put 343 on it. And remember the names, you know, and whenever you get mad at the job or you get angry or you think you sold something bad or think about 343 pros. And think about, you know, we're doing it for, you know, we're doing God's work, but we're doing it for them too. So, you know, that's just my peace of mind on that. And I agree with you 100%. That's a beautiful message. And if if that's what we got, I'd like to close with uh, one thing. Is, uh, the Lord said in Isaiah 43:2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. The last fire that I ran, it was a it was a large fire. It was the first one that I actually worked at, and that message on a burnt Bible paper I found in my turnout coat pocket that specific verse, and that makes me think every day, and especially on 9/11 because we all have our messages of why we're doing this and what we're doing it for and why I'm doing it I've gone through some rough times with the fire department but that verse right there that means a lot to me it makes me think that God's watching over me and I know sure as hell he is you know I don't do I don't say very religious things I don't swear very often but this is just one of those episodes where this is from the heart and I'm not going to sugarcoat it but that's the way I le- I'd like to close this segment, if that's all right with you, Felix. Oh, yeah, I mean, beautiful message. Um, I think we both had, you know, a, I don't know how to say this, but a very close, tight-knit 9-11 ceremony, if you want to say that. Um, I think this year's ceremonies, you know, what you did, what I did, it really brought us close to the brothers and to the people who died that day. And, uh, you know, we shall never forget a day that will live in infamy. I agree with that. And to uh, transition to the next segment of the podcast, to our open discussion, one thing on the uh, blog that I found is a question. It's, what are a few things you wish others could understand about being a firefighter? I'd like you to start, Felix. Okay, so I would like people to understand that this job is not a job to where you can show up with your shirt untucked, a ponytail, and facial hair, and like stink. This is not that kind of job, okay? This is the kind of job where when you show up, your pants are creased, your shirt is tucked in, and it may be not even shirt tucked in, but pants at least creased, your boots shined, a belt on, you know, you gotta look professional. You know, um, I had a buddy tell me one day, he was like, you know, the day you start Fire Academy, remember, first impressions, everything. You know, my EMT class, you know, I went, I had ups and downs, but it was a breeze for the most part. And the reason behind that was because I was straight-laced when I started. You know, so my my instructor respected, respected me a lot, so did my second instructor. And that's what it's about is, you know, first impression and just... You know, understanding that it's not about you, it's about them. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to, you know, just lengthen this particular 
thought I have. Um, I'd like to also add that um, it's not your emergency. So many times, oh, I, I, I've seen, you know, on scene, um, I've seen on, even if you sit down and watch a YouTube video, every now and then you'll find where, you know, these guys are like, oh, you know, oh man, you know, it's my scene, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, but at the end of the day, you're there for them. You're not there to try to show off. You're there for them. You know, uh, something I really like to see, I saw uh, Boston Fire do it. Um, they didn't break the windows. They simply opened them because they knew they didn't need to break it. And that showed the, the kind of respect that I, I have for them for that is, like, tremendous because it showed that they can control themselves. They can control their adrenaline. And they can say, okay, well, let me take a step back and out of the situation. That window does not need broke. I'm just going to lift it up and be... You know, civilized. Instead of, oh, let's break it. There's a light smoke condition, man. We're breaking it. No. So, yeah, I know I kind of went on a tear on that, but that's just something I saw the other day. I want to get that off work. Forgot about it. But, um, yeah, long story short, show up, be clean, be neat, pants creased, just look good. Simple as that. I agree with you 100% on that one. And I'll, uh, I'll add to that. We have especially in my region between Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Maryland, as we have firefighters, some statistically more than others, that will show up looking like, more or less to say the inside of a trailer park, they just show up thinking, oh, I have arrived. No, you have not arrived. You are just another one of the volunteer firefighters. You know, you're not on a pedestal. You're not any better than anybody else. You just do a little bit extra. And in a sense, I mean, you can put yourself a little bit higher because you do risk your life, but I don't like to think like that because the minute that you put yourself above the public, what are you really doing it for? You're not doing it for the public, you're doing it for your own pride. And that's one thing I'd like people to understand about us being firefighters, that we are not better than you, and we don't want to be better than you, we want to be with you in times of positivity, negativity, that there's a couple things I'd like people to understand, you know, about us being firefighters. One is that, you know, we're not indestructible. Like I touched about on the 110th floor, I was tearing up is because we're not indestructible. We're not robots. We have emotions as well. And We do. I mean, we, we may have a rock-solid face on scene, but when we get the back to the firehouse, you know, we're a mess. You know, we got guys in the bathroom, you know, that, you know, sit, you sit in there and, you know, try to work through things. We got guys that'll sit around the kitchen table and pray or, you know, just, you know, have that, that shell shock stare, you know, and, you know, I agree, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're strong people. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Physically and mentally, you have to be, but you also have to accept the fact that you're a human being. You know, it, just because, you know, if your officer says, oh, wow, that's too hot, don't try to be a hot shot and grab the line and do it because you're going to get hurt. You know, we're not, we're not Superman. But with that said, be worth being because guess what? Little kids look up to us. Um, you know, I, I'm not trying to, you know, commandeer this conversation, but, you know, the other night... Um, we after the actually after the uh, 9/11 ceremony, um, 
<clears throat> the town decided to buy us all dinner, which was very generous of them. And, um, you know, I was walking up and I had this kid jump out of a car and he was probably, I, he looked to be about, I'd say about 10. No, I, okay, 13. Jumps out of the car, runs up to me. He's like, hey, sir. I turned around, I was like, uh, yeah, what do you need? And um, he asked me, he was like, I, I wanted to ask, you know, how do I become a firefighter? I've always wanted to do this. I watched all kinds of FTNY stuff, Boston stuff. And the feeling in my heart was, wow, this kid looks up to me. So, you know, I proceeded to, help him out you know i uh asked him where he was from blah 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 and i and i and i sat down and i just you know i i just talked to him about it you know we we went over and sat down on the uh picnic table and you know he, he was over there taking notes uh recording me with his phone you know stuff like that so he could remember and you know it made me feel really good you know being able to point that uh young gentleman in the right direction and you know, it, may, it definitely restores my faith in the job. You know, not that I ever lost it, but we all know you get burnt out. And that, that was, that was a cool thing. That was a cool thing. And I'd like to add to that before I move on to the last thing I'd like people to understand is that one thing I'd like to say is we were all in some way, shape, or form that kid who wanted to be a firefighter. I'll share exactly. my personal experience is that March 10th, 2010, I was in a vehicle accident. I was four years old, three or four. I can't remember that far back, but I was pulled out of, pulled out of a car by firefighters and EMS workers. And I just looked around and I'm like, this is what I want to do. I, I said, I want to be the people who help. And Funny enough, the EMS director in my region is one of the medics who pulled me out of the car. So that's a really, <laughs> a really cool relationship. But one thing, again, that I'd like people to understand is that this goes to the junior firefighters out there, like myself, is that being a junior firefighter is not a demotion. Not at all a demotion to being a firefighter just because of your age. It's just that we have to take steps in order to keep you guys as juniors safe and by that we have to restrict what you do and it sucks i know i'm in the same boat but take it for what it's worth take all the time you can to train to learn because when you hit that big one eight 18 years old you just you got to be ready and if you're not ready what are you doing you know That's exactly good. and enjoy it while lasts enjoy being able to you know, be in the environment like that because once you get pressure put on you, it changes. It does. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not easy. Um, you start being, you know, instead of the guy saying, hey, turn around. You don't need to see this. It's, get up here. we got to put him in a body bag. Or, you know, it, it, it's brutal. It's a brutal teacher. You know, um, there was a saying by Jocko Willink. He said, uh, war is a brutal teacher. And that is the same with the fire service. The fire service is a brutal teacher. You don't learn in the fire service by necessarily doing everything right. You learn by mistakes, and mistakes can lead to death. You know, so take that into consideration. Like, when you when you turn of age, it's not like, you know, I, I'm notorious, you know, I get made fun of a lot because I make a lot of social media posts about my department. You know, oh, my head feels like I'm in out of space, you know, stuff like that. Cause it, it's because, I, you know, everybody has that high of being on the job. But understand that you can have that as a junior as well 
the best, you know, the best thing I would say for a junior, because I never did the junior thing. I, I just, I was hired on as a player. And, you know, the best, from, from what I see, you know, when, when junior firefighting is done right, it's a beautiful thing because if I come out of a job and a junior comes over and he's like, hey, man, here's a, here's a water and can I change your cylinder, you're my hero because I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, so it, it's just as important. You know, exterior work is just as important as interior work. Oh, you know, interior, yeah, you get dirtier, okay. But, you know, that truck needs pump. Those cylinders need changed. That plug needs hit. That, you know, it, it goes on. You know, the rip pack needs taken out, you know, everything. So the juniors have just as important of a job as I do or that, you know, Chris has or anybody. So, yeah, I just wanted to add that. And just for you who are listening, uh, after the one change of our video and episode playlist, Chris, he's a fire, he's a paid firefighter. Um, we had an episode with him, but that unfortunately had to be taken down for personal reasons. Um, but the next topic I'd like to move to is hand in hand with this one is this one guy on here. Now I want to start off this one is, is being a volunteer firefighter worth it? I want to say absolutely it is because if you have the guts and the courage to start when the boots go on you're a firefighter when the boots come off you're still a firefighter and it ties in with the marine corps once a marine always a marine and it's not the mental mindset of it necessarily it's if you wanted to start being a volunteer firefighter and you put enough time into it you'll have your own reasons to know why it's worth it. For me, why it's worth it is because on that day, March 10th, 2010, when I was pulled out of that car, you know, it was just like, I want to I want to help people like this. You know, I don't want to be the guy who drives past with his phone against his window recording. I want to be the guy who helps, who doesn't just, you know, just watch, you know? Going up to the window, I can relate to that one. I've seen that happen too many times, but I agree with you on that one, Tyler. I mean, I mean, I think we've all had that, you know, if you want to say come to Jesus moment, if you want to say that, for like a better term, but, you know, your, yours, obviously yours was a lot different than mine. I didn't really, I didn't have something happen to me like that. My, the, the one thing that sticks in my mind, stick in my mind, is I remember I was able, until I was about six, my grandfather was on shift at a full-time department. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the whole, is it worth it being volunteer in a second, but I want to tell this story because, you know, you just told yours. And I remember when we go in the station, I think it was right as shift change. And I remember, you know, everybody walking by, the gear smell like smoke, put it on the truck, starting up the rigs, you know, blah, blah, checking lights, blah, blah, blah. They back the truck, and I'm sitting there, and grandfather walks over with a cup of coffee, he sits down, he's like, well, <clears throat> he's like, hopefully we get some sleep. And all of a sudden, the tone's going off. Of course. They hop in, and the first thing, the one thing I remember is my grandfather, you know, he puts on his bunker pants, he hops in, you know, Tower 12, and they take off, you know, screaming for the medical call. And I'm just sitting here, you know, like, holy crap, that's my granddad. And that that that's, that sticks with me, because all the, you know, a lot of the mentors I knew were on that truck. And to be able to see a first person like that, it, it's awesome, man. You know, the other day he was at the station, and this was this was really humbling. You know, it was cool. Right? We we ended up getting told for a med run, and he was there, and he was able to see that. 
and that he said he was like he was like that was awesome because he's like when you were that young you saw me do that now I'm watching you carrying the torch and that you know that 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 was awesome you know um but that's kind of what sticks out in my mind other than that the smell of breakfast cooking in the firehouse with the coffee and you know the banter back and forth around the kitchen table that's fantastic um you know that that's actually you know if you don't mind i would like to actually speak on um what i've done to make my department better if you want to say that camaraderie wise um but first i want to go back to the original question you asked me because i free lace <laughs> but um is it worth it being a volunteer absolutely it opens doors it opens doors. Nine times out of twenty. Nowadays, you're gonna find, like my particular city, I'm not gonna name because I can't. But my, the city I currently live in, they, there's feeder systems all around a volunteer department that feed people into that city. And the important part is to understand that that is valuable. That information is very valuable. To, that that you have that information that you know, but don't go in there and say, oh, I. You know, I was taught this way. Well, that doesn't matter. They want to teach you this way. It's the fact that you have the fundamentals that they like. And, you know, also, you're serving your community. You're helping people. Whether you want to stay a volunteer firefighter all your life, that's fine. But understand this. If you're going to be a fireman, I don't care if you're a volunteer, I don't care if you're paid, act like a fireman. Anytime you go to that station, tuck your shirt in. I don't care if you want blue jeans or boots, or you're like me, I wear dickies station boots because I'm there most of the day I, I don't care just look appropriate because you know I've been on uh, you know Metarug where people have said oh I want I want to talk to him because I, I was wearing a you know the uniform and you know but most of my you know the, the, to put a cap on this you know be professional um, yes it's worth it it opens doors and you're getting you're, you're getting into something bigger than simple as that. And I agree with that 100% because without volunteer firefighters, most areas will not be protected due to just local local reasons, you know, whether it be financial or just location in general. You know, we need volunteer firefighters. And without them... It's like, without firefighters, it's like not having a foundation to a house. You just have a couple boards standing up. And once the wind blows, those boards are going to end up falling over. And what are you left with? Just a power rubble. And what, uh, another question on here that goes hand in hand with the last two is, is it difficult to be a firefighter? I'm going to say it sure as hell is because we, you know, we do things that most people don't and that's like Pennsylvania Camp Cadet that's a program and they say be the one percent you know be be the one percent who does what 99 percent can't and that message means a lot some might take it offensive but it means a lot because you know if it was easy everyone would do it so it shows you know when we're running into a building or, you know, we're going up to your car because you've wrecked or even just picking you up off the floor, pumping out your basement, most people don't have the guts to do it. And I, I don't want to come off as harsh, but that's the reality of it, you know. 
Exactly. I mean, you know, there's Monday morning quarterbacks. This is this is my favorite. When you get the random, you know, person that comes on Facebook and says, "Oh, if I were in your situation, I would do it better." Well, go through the academy and get in my situation. <laughs> you know, that's the way I look at it. So, I mean, I agree with you. You know, a lot of people have the guts. You know, they want to. They. One of my. I'm not going to quote it because it's got a few bad words in it, but Bobby Ecker, you know. Said everybody wants to be a fireman until it's time to be a freaking fireman, except it wasn't frick. Um, that's the truth. Because when it's time to, you know, saddle up, you know, that's actually my locker at the station, you know, saddle up. And, yeah. Anyways, that, that leads me to something else, but we won't get into that. But, you know, everybody wants to show up. They want to put gear on. They want to go, go play games and show up. They want to walk around and just try to be like, yeah, look, I'm a fireman. But, when they look up and they see there's a building or a car or a commercial box alarm and, and the building's ripping on all sides, they're like, um, let me go stand across the street. No, you got the gear, you're going to fight. You know, whether you're on tower ops or you're interior, you're going to fight. You know, so know what you're getting into. I suggest, all right, this is probably going to be unpopular for some reason, but South Retro. All right, they have a good YouTube channel. Go, go watch Dana Life Up. It's it's really good because it shows the minute details of the job. I mean, obviously you'll go to other places that have more fire load and stuff like that, but yeah, um, that's all I got to say about that. And one question, I know I shared my part of my story on it, but one question I'd like to ask you. I've heard the story a couple times, but. I feel it would be a, a meaningful thing for our listeners, if you'd like it, would you share what made you decide to become a firefighter? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, what I said, you know, a couple minutes ago. <clears throat> you know, that particular day that, you know, I saw my granddad do that, I mean, I guess it was actually more leading up to that than just that. Um, you know, that kind of was the first thing that piqued my interest. Um, I, I watched it happen, and I was like, wow, you know, that's 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 pretty tight I like that <laughs> and then after that um I saw you know I started going to the station a lot my grandpa retired and I remember you know that I'm going to get into detail here my grandpa was an absolute freaking unit he, he paramedic firefighter he did it all I and and I, I hope to one day maybe be at first he was but you know this I the city I'm talking to right now, I'm trying to get on knows him. The city all the way down south, I'm trying to get on knows him. It, you know, but anyway, I grew up with him, and I remember we would get up on usually Sunday mornings, and we watch. I uh, remember HLN would be on the TV, and he had this little freaking pink convertible. I mean, this big reputation guy. That's only fight four, by the way. Has a freaking pink convertible when he can have a brand new F one fifty. F-150, and we, we used to get in that, and we used to go, we used to get a cup of coffee, we'd drive to the fire station, he would go, you know, do whatever, you know, joke around with the guys and stuff, I'd go look at the rigs, you know, play with my fire trucks on the floor, and, you know, the tones would go off, and I remember there was a few times where my granddad, you know, right after he retired, he actually ran to jump off the rig, and he's like, oh, <laughs> but anyway, it, it was the atmosphere, you know, seeing how everybody was, you know, you know hey, brother, you need help with this, hey, brother, you need that, you know. It, it was it was so so real to me you know and at such a young age I, I had the privilege of seeing that and it just it burned in my mind after that and I think that's why I'm such a 
I'm not going to lie. If you ask anybody on my department, they're probably going to say I ask a hell of a lot of questions, part of my French. And I, you know, I, I can be annoying sometimes because I, I stay after it. You know, I, if something needs done, I'm like, hey, let's get guys up here. Let's get this done, you know. And it may ruffle some feathers. Well, I'm sorry, but too bad. We're firemen. But long story short, you know, seeing going in there on those Sunday mornings with my granddad, you know, being able to see the fire department, you know, and I, I had the privilege of seeing it back before it really, really changed. Um, it was a much different world back then. Um, it was, it, it, it's a lot like it is today. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, but it was, a. Uh, it's more, it, it was more laid back, but it was just as stressful. It was weird. It's, I think the, I think it had to do with the generations mostly, but yeah, I mean, those Sunday mornings, you know, smelling the eggs cooking, um, the banter back and forth with the kitchen table, the coffee, you know, trash talk, and just the, you know, the diesel fumes <laughs> and the smell smoke. That's, that's what made me want to be a fireman. And, you know, surprisingly, you know, if you like, I'd like to actually tell a story as to how I got on my department now. Go ahead. If you would like. So, um, it's last year, um, beginning of last year, I get a, I get a woke up. Frantically, my grandma's like, hey, your dad's um, forge is on fire. See the blacksmith. Your dad's forge is on fire, you know, was on fire. They put it out, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'm not the type, I, I'm going to be honest, I have never been the type of guy that I get super freaked out by anything. Like, I'm kind of just like, okay, you know, let's figure this out, you know. And whenever we get up, we go out there, you know, it, it totally destroyed everything. And all kinds of propane tanks blowing up, stuff like that. And I had wanted to be a fireman previously for that, but I didn't really have a direction. I was waiting for EMT zone at that point. You know, I, I knew multiple, a few months before, prior, that I was going to EMT school. And I, I, I go out there, and my dad tells me, he's like, hey, uh, I'm not going to drop names, but well, one of the chiefs was interested in you joining the department. Not blow it up. I'm like, yeah, I would. You know, they all say that. And I remember my uh, my dad tells me, hey, some, you know, this blah, blah, so-and-so is trying to get a hold of you. And I'm like, oh, okay, look, well, he's like, hey, are you interested in becoming part of the department, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, absolutely. I put in an application, and I don't hear anything for, like, a month. And at that point, I was so defeated. I tried to get on four different departments. I was just like, wow, that looks like if I'm not EMT, I'm not anything, you know. I, I was going to get a job at Walmart at 4 a.m. to 1, and all of a sudden I get a phone call. Hey, uh, be at the fire station Thursday. And I'm like, oh, that's unexpected. And next thing I know, I'm sitting here in an interview. And it was my first inter interview, and I was like absolutely just nervous. And, you know, uh, that happens, you know, they, 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 run me around the station and still to this day I don't remember the fire station being what it was that day that day was much different like I did not know what to say because I was just in shock you know at the fact that I was like wow I got an interview and I'm now looking at it and the next thing I know I get a phone call a week later hey uh, we decided to add you on the department congratulations be here on the pancake breakfast because that was actually my first event with them we helped setting up, then we're going to go through orientation afterwards. And I just was like, wow. 
and my life just picked up from there. The next thing we know, it's a year down the road. I love it. Um, wouldn't trade it for the world. And yeah, it's pretty much been a blur. It wasn't until probably this week that I actually sat down and did some reflecting and said, holy crap, look at what happened. You know, so that's pretty much that. You know, I mean, that's my story. I mean, I could get in, I could get in so much more detail, but I'm not going to do that for everybody. But, and it, this podcast is not about me. So, you know, that's, uh, that's how I got interested in the fire service. That's how I got on the fire, got into the fire service. And, that's where I'm currently at. And to close this episode of the podcast, I'd just like to add a few what mind listening feel like. Uh, the day that I applied and the day that I um, got on my department. Mm-hmm. So pretty much I was a 13-year-old kid then, so legally could not you know, be a firefighter. It's probably March or April, somewhere in there. There was a soup sale at my local department, and my aunt, who I live with, she says, hey, go get some soup for us. I'm like, okay. I'll go in there. Why? I walk in the station, and I just, I feel this feeling. It's a vibe of the environment, and it's just like a very laid-back, you know, happy environment. A bunch of guys who know and talk about the same thing, know, you know, pretty much what everyone's doing, how they're feeling and stuff, and... I, you know, got my soup and stuff, and I knew a few guys, so I started talking, like, hey, what's this life all about, and the explanation I got was, you gotta, you gotta do it to know exactly what it's like, I'm like, okay, so who do I talk to about application, I asked my one friend, which I'm not gonna name names, but it's like, the guy over there, gray hair, you know, taller guy, I'm like, okay, I'll get to talk to him, well, I go over, and this is a funny story because I actually went to my chief's son. I'm like, hey, chief. And he's like, I'm not the chief. I'm like, um, <laughs> okay, who, who would I talk to about an application? He's like, oh, I'll just take you to the chief. So I go, I'm like, oh, hey, chief. He's like, hey, how can I help you? He's like, oh, I'd like to apply, you know, I'd like to see what this is all about. So, okay, here's an application for me, and I got one for my brother because I knew the minute that I signed up, he'd be both happy for it. So, <laughs> there's that. And then it took me a couple months because I was still thinking about it, deciding, and all. A couple months, well, August rolls around, I turn 14. I'm like, okay, I'm 14. I'm legally old enough to be a firefighter. Let's get these papers signed. Sign them, turn them in. It was. Let me check here. I can't remember the exact number day, but I can pull that up momentarily. It would have been September 1st, 2020, during the entire COVID pandemic. I went to a meeting, and I'm sitting there shitting balls, shitting balls. I turn in my application, like, ah, come on, I need, a, I need this, you know? And then I, they go across the application board, and I'm, I'm like, oh, here we go. And then they're like, Okay, Tyler Turco, you applied? I'm like, yes. And they're like, well, stand up, tell us about yourself. And that's kind of like, my my friend, because that's the off fuck moment, because I, I just feel completely, <laughs> complete. <laughs> that's when everything goes out of your brain, you just, it's white static. Yeah, I completely shit yep. it out in that moment. So I'm standing up there looking like an idiot. Always cracking. And the one thing I can get out is, uh, I want to be a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> so was it a Pennsylvania? 
it was uh, just a, uh, uh, I want to be a fireman, you know, kind of like a stretched out fire, and the man's like, fireman. Uh, I'm, I'm just sitting there, and they're just looking at me as I'm standing here, and I'm starting to sweat. I'm like, oh, man, I just blew it. And then they, yeah, all, they all start laughing. They're like, welcome to the apartment. I just the biggest sense of relief come off of me. It was a, it was definitely something fun because I'm sitting there choking up over myself. I'm like, oh, I screwed this up. And it's just, it's just, oh, I, I'd tell you, you'd have to be there to know what I'm talking about, but it was just the best. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the first thing I did when I walked in and introduced myself, I said, hi, my name is Felix, but I forget voice crack so i get it yeah and um well that that's my story i guess i can i guess we both have we both need to write books we're mm. writing books together yeah that's my that's my story for all of you interested and definitely talk about that more but and, and you know to add one more thing listen it's not like after, this is something i get a lot when people apply they think they're signing their life away. They think that they're, they think it's like, it's a bad thing. And your client's like, no, it's not a bad thing at all. Like, obviously, 90% of these firms are tickled to death to have somebody interested. Because it's, you know, I hate to say it like this, but it's a dying art because people don't want to, you know, do a blue collar. Firefighting is blue collar. It's dirty. It's hard work. You know, and... They're just tickled to death to have you, so don't be afraid to get that application turned in. Um, you know, be honest in your interview. Don't don't feed them a line of crap that, well, I knew this guy and this guy and this guy, and I, you know, took a two and a half. And no, they don't care about that. They want to know about your personality, who you are. I do have some interview advice for you. When they ask you what your biggest weakness is, make up something, okay, and do not tell them what it is, because once you tell them what it is, you're never going to let it down. So that's, that's my advice for that one. <laughs> yeah, and just one little thing as we're approaching 51 minutes is that, like I state in a lot of episodes, just because you're in a gear doesn't make you indestructible. So how I want to close this is just be respectful, be, you know, courageous, be the guy that people look up to, respect, you know, just be safe, happy, responsible, and stay out of trouble. But if that that's all i gotta really say before closing if there's anything else you'd like to say felix no i'm, I'm good i think we uh, we hit it on the head for sure um what i i will say one more thing um our podcast later on down the road um obviously i i plan on writing not a script but writing down ideas that way i stay on topic because as you can see i usually jump topics because i start thinking of this and then this leads to that so Believe you me, I will work on it. I'll get stuff written down. That way we're not jumping over questions and stuff like that. But that's it. Yep. And I agree with that. Um, and just if anyone's concerned about how frequent we're uploading, we uh, we had to take a little break for personal reasons, but we're going to get back into it, you know, as much as we can. But thank you all for listening. And please share because there's not always going to be this resource out there so while we're doing it we'd love for all juniors or firefighters even that just want to chime in to you know just hear our vibe and hear what we gotta say but thank you all for listening and we'll see you on the next one